0: Welcome to Park Fermi, the Canadian Formula One podcast. That's P3, P3. Oi, oi, oi! Okay, mate, Woo! purple. Hey, we just got another podium. They would have stopped.
1: We talk race reviews, news from the paddock, and bring you everything from the world of Formula One.
2: And something to limit the problem,
1: congratulations. Well, change your car, you've got a problem, change your fucking car. You change your car because Checo has been saying the car is fucked. And now your
0: hosts, Drew, Walker, Ed and Tomas. What's up everybody, welcome back to for me, the Canadian Formula One podcast. We're here today with a little mini episode, no race to recap. So we're going to talk about a couple of the bigger news items in the F1 world right now. Um, We've got Liam Lawson on the docket and we were talking about Andretti Racing, who were just confirmed to come back to the grid uh, as the 11th team. But boys, let's start with Lawson. This was a bit of a, a topic of conversation last week, talking about The fact that he does not have a seat yet, even though he's performed really well for the first few races. And, you know, they've signed Danny Rick and they have Sonoda on that lineup right now. And there was a lot of talk that Lawson really deserved a chance based on how he was performing. So we touched on it a little bit last episode, um, but let's just dive into it a little further. Um, Let's start with some opening thoughts. And then I want to break this down, this conversation down a little bit more uh, and kind of evaluate the decision on some different criteria. But opening thoughts, uh, Edward, you want to lead us off?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, like honestly speaking, Liam Lawson is, is quite a loss if the if Red Bull or Alpha Tower is not going to be able to pick them up in 2025, being that 2024, it could be um, a very turbulent uh, season for them. Perez, uh, Ricardo, he can prove himself or whatnot. But yeah, I, th- I think it's, um, it's going to be a miss if they if uh, they don't, you know, lock him in. If Williams, you know, might get a chance to grab him, or possibly the new incoming team. Who knows? How about you, Drew? What do you think about it?
1: Man, I think, I think Rebel shit the bed, man. They did loss in dirty, and like you know. By Red Bull, I mean Red Bull and AlfaTari together. They, you know, they gave him an opportunity to to get into a car and show what he's got. And as far as I'm concerned, he is the best rookie. Well, not that Oscar Pastry. I, he was a very nice looking rookie coming in halfway through a season in a subpar car, pulling out the same numbers that that Yuki's doing with years under his belt now. And I think it would be very stupid for them to not put a little bit more effort into getting him a seat. Versus having somebody like Danny Rick take up a seat that, you know, long, medium term is not a solution. Like he was a short term fix before Liam Lawson was an option. And now Liam Lawson's an option. I just think it was a bad play. Um, I don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but I, I just think that um, they should have worked their Red Bull magic and, and made something happen for Lawson because he's a talent to in the making. Just my thoughts. What do you got? Um,
3: there's there's not much to add. I mean, I, I agree w- with both of you guys um, touching uh, up a little bit on last week's uh Podcast that I listened to with you, um, you know, Danny Rick or Lawson, and I and I totally agree Lawson should get the seat. Uh, again, you know, Drew, I think you touched up, but Danny Rick has that mark about markability. But Liam Lawson, he he proved himself. Um, they would be fucking stupid. That's Red Bull and Al not to sign him and just keep him on the sidelines. I really hope he does get a seat and and we see him more in Formula One. Um, yeah, I, I I honestly think uh, I, I agree with you. It's it one of them, uh, Ricardo or Yuki should get the boot, and Liam should uh, go into their seat because we've seen that he can do um,
0: he can race pretty well in, in in such a car. So those are all great opening thoughts. Now I want to break down the conversation a little bit further. Um, and you know try and put ourselves in the seat of Alphatari Red Bull you know what is really the criteria that we are evaluating these drivers on right We have three pretty solid drivers you know Lawson is a little bit more proven um, so I want to go kind of criteria by criteria as we as we talk about this and maybe we can all take a second to rank our drivers in order um, and I want to talk about experience I want to talk about pure, race performance and i want to talk about the money and the money that they bring to the team right so let's talk about race performance okay let's talk with these three drivers let's rank them let's see if we come to the same decision at the end of this conversation that liam liam lawson should have gotten the seat um drew race performance rank your drivers who you taking first second who you dropping (laughs)
1: race performance only um i would take ability
0: performance
1: yeah and i got danny rick lawson and sonoda sonoda um i would take danny rick lawson sonoda and just great skill and ability yeah
0: okay
1: and that's like it's so unfair because i've seen so much more of danny rick you know what I mean? And like What's I've that, seen a bunch yeah. of Sonoda, but like uh, Lawson and Sonoda are the same in my books, but as far as I'm concerned, like he's just he's just miles behind in terms of time and car. So that's just an unfair advantage that uh that Sonoda has. But I think long
0: term I think Lawson's reality has- as well.
1: Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. I'm still sticking with it. I'm saying, yeah. So Danny Rick, Lawson Sonoda on just skill and ability. Okay. Ed.
2: I don't know, I don't feel that way. Um I'm Lawson Sonoda, Danny Rick I think Danny Rick is he is at the end of his career He's said the twilight um give you know looking at it from the past um performances as if he's had Renault uh, McLaren um I think he's done like his his heyday of being um, a winner in Monaco, I think it's way past him at this point. And uh, it, it just doesn't feel like the old Danny Rick we're in. Because um, like his performance comes also with his attitude towards racing in general. And towards with his team as well. He's being bounced around right now. So that's going to affect him too. We, we all know how it affected him at McLaren. So how much more can that affect them also right now with everyone saying, hey, Liam Lawson is better? Um, he, he should be given a chance. And here's this guy, Danny Rick, like he's coming off of an injury. Will he actually perform? Will he be another Sergio Perez? We'll never know. But in from the way I see it, it's going it's going to be Liam Lawson, Sonoda and Danny Rick.
0: By another Thomas, uh, Sergio Perez, do you mean the person who's currently ranked second in the drivers championship? No, uh, not Roger not Perez? the cur-
2: not not the Sergio Perez I'm talking about in terms of like performance, but I'm talking know, about so. like how he's how he's um, you know setting himself up in terms of like how does he? I'm perform. just giving you a hard time. He was, being sure. sarcastic, yeah, right? I know,
1: <laughs> but yeah. I know it's nice know. to know that you felt like you had to defend yourself, though.
2: Um,
1: oh, yeah. I, I honestly
3: got honestly I one, agree two, with the, exactly what Drew said. Um, and this was a really really tough one for me too because it's like eh, Danny Rake or or Lawson and um. Same same argument points as you had. I, I seen more of Danny Rick and I seen Lawson and Danny Rick Lawson Sunoga. Those are those are my um, top three.
0: Okay, all right. So that was performance. Let's talk about experience. Well, we didn't get yours, man. right? You didn't get my. No one asked me. I, I'm doing it now. We're asking you right now. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with. Just skill and ability, baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know what? I'm going to Sonoda, Ricardo, and Lawson based on what we've been able to see so far in their current state. Okay. Experience. Drew.
1: Experience. Well, that's obvious. It's going to go Ricardo, Sonoda, Lawson that I don't i don't even think we need to all talk about that that's not a negotiable no yeah, yeah we, we
0: can we can skip yeah. through that we can yeah. skip through that one okay yeah. because i think you know when you're going in a team and you're building a team you know part of what you want do you really want like you know Sonoda will still consider him pretty young right and he's had a couple of seasons in formula one so do you really want to build a team that has you know essentially two brand new drivers or is there value to having maybe sorry you not who has more experience, but maybe it's like the value that we place on experience. Maybe that's a better way of posing the question, right? How much do you value Ricardo's experience over Sonoda's? Do you value having an experienced driver on your team to help balance out that enthusiastic rookie energy that you, that Lossner or Sonoda's going to have? You know what? Let's, I, let's pose it that I'm way. I'm going to,
1: you know what? Let's take that and run with it. Because I, I, to be honest, I would actually say Sonoda is a better person to have as your experienced driver than Danny Rick right now. Because I think that Sonoda's had more time in this car. He's had more time in the middle of the grid. Like Danny Rick's, you know, back to Eddie's point, like, you know, he bounced around to so many teams. I don't even know if he knew what fucking car he was in at sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure he got Mm -hmm. out and was like, Oh shit, I'm with McLaren today. That's crazy. You know what I mean? But like, I think that, that Yuki's been in the, that AlphaTauri. And you know what? To, to kind of answer that other question you'd ask, yes, I think that that's exactly what AlphaTauri is. They are the young guy driver team. Like, to have a Sonoda and a Lawson in there is not outrageous, dude. Like, it's, you know, look who they got rid of. They got rid of DeVries. Like, another new driver, mm-hmm. right? So, like, in in all fairness, like, I would say that, like, that is the entirety of, of what um, AlphaTauri is trying to do. My, my two
0: cents. So, didn't, so then... Do do we place any importance on experience in this? Does that play a role? I, yes. Having that kind of like experienced driver, I think there plays a role for
1: an experienced Alpha Tauri driver. Like I would take Sonoda okay. as the guiding hand over um, Danny Rick in this scenario. Okay. If you're gonna have someone like, go then and come in like Lawson come in and, and want to learn from somebody, I would put him. I don't want him to learn Danny Rick's bad habits. You know what I mean. And I'm not saying Yuki Sonoda is perfect, but I'm saying that like he has more experience in this AlphaTauri and he has more experience at the bottom of the grid being scrappy than um, than Danny Rick does.
0: Okay, Ed,
1: um,
2: I'm the same. Like the. Remember Danny Rick before um, before leaving McLaren, like he said in an interview that he wants if he's gonna go back in a Formula One seat, he needs to be on a team that can win races. So that for me alone, just like um, he's not looking for something that's like, you know, subpar, which is sort of like Alpha Um that's what happened to see what happened to him and McLaren when their car was not Performing really well, maybe he might have that same mentality again, same performance again with Alpha Tower because he was he's gunning for a Red Bull seat. He's not gunning for an Alpha Tower seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, at, from from that point of view, like I would much rather again go back to Sonoda Liam Lawson. That point, okay. I think. Rick said. yeah um,
3: you guys said it perfectly it, it, this one's a, a tough one because I really like Daniel Rick as a person um but you know hearing your point of views I, I agree with you guys he's he's not very competitive and I don't see him being very competitive for this team I I do think Yuki is would be the right choice for experience and uh, I think to one of uh, your points um UT and Liam Lawson that'd be that'd be definitely interesting to see the dynamic and 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 how that would work um Ricardo's just at the end of the road I think and um yeah so I, I would prefer uh or I would put UT as well in in front of Ricardo in this
1: I think Danny Rick was the better choice before Lawson yeah. was the option right like if they if Liam Lawson was like a clearly obvious choice and Danny Rick was nowhere seen on the grid this wouldn't even Agreed. be a question we wouldn't even have a an introductory podcast it would just be like it would have been a no-brainer but i think they'd already committed enough to Danny Rick that they were like fuck like you know we just we made this call like a few weeks too early is really what it was and then they had an opportunity cuz Danny Rick got hurt to throw Liam Lawson in and i think everybody was taken aback by him like he showed up Big time, in a big way, on a big day. And, like, it was nice. Like, he, he took advantage of that one day that Red Bull wasn't on fire. You know what I mean? And, like, just showed up. And, like, to have a stat, like, being the only, you know, rookie driver to out-qualify both Red Bulls in a season that's a Red Bull dominant, like, that's going to go down as, like, a a, a little piece of, of who Liam Lawson is. And I just – I think Red Bulls is going to do themselves a disservice and, and AlphaTauri is going to do themselves a disservice by
3: ignoring that. And, you know what, Drew – um Kind of going back a little bit, but you know, Danny Rick does play a role at at AlphaTauri, and we all know what that role is: markability.
0: Um, I think that yeah. yeah, he's a clown. Well, we're going to talk about that in a second. Um, I, I, you know, my only comment on this is I think, like, are we putting Danny Rick out to pasture a little bit too quickly, a little bit too early? You know, given and you know, I I don't think he's going to be like the driver and and that he was when he was in Red Bull. Right, but you know, given his experience, given that maybe he's a little bit humbled right now um, that he is riding in that team, do we think that he could be that that driver that can really help develop young guys, or is he still is he not there, and will he ever not be there? Um, You know, this was is a tough one. I'd probably do um, Sonoda, Ricardo, and then uh, Lawson on this one as well. If I was going to try and rank how I feel about the the experience factor in it. Um, Thomas, you just touched on this and the last one is obviously. (coughs) Excuse me. Fucking choked on something. Mark that one up. Yeah, you did. Um, (laughs) Choked on that Danny Rick, bro. (laughs) Um, The last one that we're going to talk about uh, is obviously, Thomas, you touched on it and it's going to be the finances, right? f1 is an expensive sport marketability comes into it those sponsorship dollars come into it so where do you how heavily do you weight this in this in this equation right obviously Danny Rick superstar Sonoda comes with that Honda money Lawson Lawson's just happy to be there I don't know maybe he packs his own lunch I'm not sure but um where are you ranking everybody right now? How how would you think I think, you, I I think everybody in AlphaTauri packs their own fucking <laughs> lunch? <bro. laughs> um, I'm still gonna
3: say for the time being, I'm still gonna say Danny Rick as number one just because of his history, um, marketability. Um, between the two rookies, uh, Sonoda and Lawson, it's it's a tough one. Yeah, Sonoda has uh, that Honda money, but seeing what Lawson can do like that. That's a huge bonus for Lawson as well and how he performed. Um, that's, that's where I'm going to stand. I still think Danny Rick, uh, won the most profitable one brings in the most money. Yuki's uh, closed behind and Lawson, um, you know, he, he stepped up to the plate, but he needs more time on the track. Uh,
2: Lawson needs to find a sponsor. needs money. It's, for me, it's it's Sonoda, Danny Rick, and Lawson. Like At the end of the day, no matter how you look at it, F1 is about money. It's all about money. Why do you think there are pay drivers? Why do you think um, we have Mazaspin? He brought so much money into Haas. That's the only reason why he was there. Only reason why uh, Sonoda has kept his seat was because of the Honda money. Um, Danny Rick, only the illusion of marketability. We don't know how marketable he will be after the next six races. But that's left for the season. We don't know that. Liam Lawson has nothing. He d- doesn't bring anything but himself. And possibly, as you said, a lunch. We- we'll never know.
0: <laughs> Walker? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, I think- Danny has a couple, he has one more good season of being like a superstar in this, in this series. Um, we'll see what happens afterwards. If he gets a full season with Alpha Tower, and if he still continues to really struggle, um, that might hurt his image a bit. But I think until then, he's got such a strong fan base. Uh, he's got that personality. He's the guy that you want to go on TV to rep your series, rep your sport. So um, I think he's bringing it. You know, similar to what you said, Sonoda has that, those big dollars from Honda, and then Lawson is, uh, again, just just wants what to get in a car. Drew?
1: I, it's a, a couple of interesting points you guys brought up because, like, Eddie brought up a great point. Like, you know, um, Danny Rick has an illusion of marketability, and I, I don't know financially what that money looks like and what that comes with because I, you know, the, the tangible dollars that, That Yuki brings with um, Honda, those are real dollars. Like, that's an actual sponsor. We know what's going on. I think Danny Rick has this like Hollywood sensibility about him. Like, he's funny. He's a character. You know, he's got some social clout. People like him. He's on people's podcasts. You know, he's doing, um, um, you know, radio and commentary and all this kind of stuff. And so he has a little bit of clout that way. I don't know how many actual dollars as far as sponsorship is concerned is being dumped into Red Bull. I think you know what there's a where he was as the reserve driver at Red Bull was probably his most ideal position cuz that's collecting like, you know, an arguably like a fraction of a racer's salary without having to do a thing, dude. Like that is the most ideal. Like if you ask me to be a reserve driver on an F1 team, you I'm your guy. You mean I don't have to ever get in a car? I don't have to ever do anything. I get to walk around the grid, shake hands, high fives, kissing babies, doing my thing and like signing autographs. That's that to me is where I see Danny Rick going. Do I think we're pushing him out to pasture a little too soon? Maybe. But he has, you know, like Eddie said, like he's got the rest of these six races and then we'll see. We'll we'll actually see. Because I think if you if you're looking for a long medium term solution for a team, Lost your guy. Like Danny Rick is a stopgap on the best day. Eh?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know if you can be one of these guys who gets to this level and have them be happy to be a reserve driver. No, I just don't no, think he, he doesn't want to be, but I right? think that that's the smart play. You will, you will never find one of these drivers who be like, okay, I'm going to take a paycheck and just kind of like sit in the paddock Fair enough, and, and be happy with it. That being said, based on our highly scientific experiment we just did, I tallied up all the results. With these arbitrary points that I was awarding. And based on everyone's votes, our team would have consisted of Danny Rick and Yuki Sonoda.
1: I knew where you were going
0: with this, you sneaky fucker. This is
1: exactly what you no, wanted no. to have happen. I knew this is what you wanted. No, man. You wanted us it. to tell it's ourselves science.
0: that Danny Rick was the smarter science. choice over Lawson. I knew where you were going with this. Well, you know what? I, I, I think. Well, I just think there are lots of factors, right? Yeah. We take into effect the, the the pure performance that we see on the track, right? And that's what we really try and – that's what we were basing our opinions on. So I just want to, I don't know, see see where this would lead us. And based on – I think it's basically the experience – it's the experience and the money, right? That's what Lawson is, is losing out on, and primarily the money, right? If he could bring some more dollars, if he was a fucking Lithuanian national and all the Lithuanian companies were like – just like going fucking crazy to try and give this kid money to sponsor them then you know it might be different but um right now that's our team so we're all fucking wrong um moving on (laughs) let's quickly talk about andretti racing the 11th team on the grid the 21st and 22nd car maybe this isn't such bad news for alpha tower because now they won't be the worst team on the grid thoughts All right. So
1: they're not the 11th team on the grid. They're still in this gray zone, maybe. So from what digging and research I've done and found is they are past the FIA's criteria of what they needed to see in a team. So of the four teams that applied, one was able to satisfy the FIA's needs. Now what they have to do is go on to F1 and ensure to F1 that of the pie that they're stealing from every other team that they need to bring more to the pie than they're stealing from everybody else. So now formula one and all the honchos at formula one have to decide on the commercial rights. So it it lands them in this really weird gray zone that like they might get approved, but they might not get the commercial rights, which means like every time that the Cadillac car goes on screen, they got to blur it. Like, so it goes into this super huge legal gray matter kind of area where it's not so black and white from my understanding historically the the teams used to go to FIA and the F1 would approve and if if they pass the FIA's um, approval process then F1 would gladly welcome them with open arms however at this point we have 10 pushbacks not one of the teams has been very excited about having uh, Andretti Cadillac on the grid so I think after the FIA's approval they still have an uphill battle like I think in a couple months we might get like get a black and white flag for these guys. And I don't think that they're going to be able to, uh, to hit the grid, but what I like to see it. Yeah. I think we need a little shakeup having something new to talk about having some, you know, some new blood on the, on the grid. I think it'd be awesome, man. What do you got going on Thomas? Um,
3: I'm mixed between this. Yes. Having, having the 11th team uh, would be, would be awesome. A uh, huge, uh, awesome mix up. But as you or, or Ed said, it becomes in my opinion, I think a little bit, too chaotic too clustered um you know as you said 10 or 20 you know it's such a such a perfect number 10 teams 20 cars um 21 22 you know it just just feels off um yeah it'll be exciting it'll be exciting to see the the, the challenge uh, and everything but um I don't know if if you would ask me, am I for or against yes, it? I'd probably say for. Let's you know, let's hope they get uh, brought on and and shake uh, shake everything up. Ed, as I
2: said with Zenoda, it all boils down to the dollars. I mean, you you can say all you want about bringing in a new team and getting all of these rights and whatnot, like. Remember, earlier this year, we had some issues with Monaco um, with their advertising. Um, If uh, Liberty Media was going to be like, are we sharing the rights or do we own the rights or are the advertising rights going to be purely with Monaco? So they have to come in with an exorbitant amount of money uh, that the entire grid would share, one. And also they would need... To bring in drivers that would also bring money as well, because that'll make it easier for them to actually come in. And it's like, okay, so we actually have something that we're bringing onto the table, not as you said, Drew, if they're getting 100 bucks of the pie, they need to bring in 110, 150, or possibly even 200. Who knows? It, it all boils down to what they can actually bring.
1: How much money can it, can they actually bring to the grid? I think that's why Andretti partnered with uh, with Cadillac, with GM, right? Because they just needed to have that, you know, that war chest of money that would allow them to, A, satisfy the FIA's um, qualifications for it, which is being able to satisfy a quality car for the duration of at least one championship, right? And to be able to be competitive. And they satisfied that as far as the FIA is concerned, which is, like I said, why they likely brought on the, the GM link. But... I think it's going to be a pissing match between Andretti Cadillac and the other 10 teams on the grid of whether or not Haas or whether or not Alpha Tauri or all these, you know, lower end Alpha, Alpha Romeo even who's being absorbed, you know, the struggling teams that are already there fighting for cash, they're not going to want to split 10 into 11. You know what I mean? That's the last thing they're going to want to do. All of these teams on the grid are going to give some serious pushback unless they can promise some serious dollars, which I think is radically unfortunate. Like, I understand that like expansion teams and other sports and stuff like that, like it's not an easy process and this is not an easy process either. This has been in the works for a while, but for them to have, you know, promised and guaranteed X amount of dollars to even get in, then they have to pay the entrance fee and all these hundreds of millions of pounds, like absorb, exorbitant amounts of money, ridiculous sums. And I just think that like, you know, for them to get this far and then having like, you know, the, the rug pulled out from under them at this point, I think is super unfair. Um, And I think it'll get super messy legally from what I've read if they've already passed the FIA and get turned down by the F1. And I don't know if F1 and the, and the commercial rights are willing to have this battle. So, you know, I'd love to agree with what Walker said and just say like, you know, we got an 11 team on the grid, but I think it's going to get a little bit messy before it gets
0: clear. What do you got, Walker? Mm hmm. Well, I'm just going to clarify some of the numbers. So, you know, we're talking about the entry fee, the cover fee, the anti-dilution fee is what it's also known as. So right now that stands at 200 mil. And basically what that happens, that's just to get in, that's just to get invited. Um, And you pay that and then that gets split up to all the other teams. Um, I was reading recently that they want to bump that amount, that entry fee to 600 million. So they want to triple it, which... I mean, makes it incredibly, I mean, 200 mil is already a big number, right? But it makes it incredibly prohibitive for a new team just to get their foot in the door to pay 600. So I bet you Andretti Cadillac wants to get in now instead of, you know, waiting another year or two when it's bumped up. Um, I think they can bring the money. I think, uh, I think from, you know, if if we're looking at it from a North American centric perspective, um, you know, the name Andretti carries a lot of weight name Cadillac carries a lot of weight it can bring a lot of eyeballs it can bring a lot of new fans you know you think about like the heartland of America that were group with the Andretti boys doing like cart and uh, NASCAR and all that stuff right I think there's a big subset of the population of racing fans and motorsport fans that currently aren't tuned into F1 at you know that that name surpasses Haas in my opinion, right? The Andretti dynasty is so strong in the U.S., and I think can really um, bring bring the viewers and bring the money. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Twenty two teams or twenty two drivers, twenty two cars. Why the hell not? Who cares? Um, you know, it's also an even number. Just for the for the record, twenty two is also an even number. So I just meant even as in good looking round. Right. I didn't mean like. I nullifies. As in two. That nullifies half of the points here. The fact that you guys like twenty is an even number, um, <laughs> and that's all I got. Basically, my argument is twenty two is also an even number.
1: I would just love to see like free practice one and two, and like a quali. You know, Q one session on like yeah. a shorter track like Monaco with twenty two cars. Good luck. Maybe they split up Q one into oh, two. like groups. we need another fucking <laughs> fix up on what's going. Like we're still trying to figure out these sprint races and the tire thing. Like we need this like a hole in the head, dude. All the new, all, right. all the new fans have no fucking clue about what's going on. And neither do the old fans. We're still trying to, I like, I have friends that are like, Oh, so what's Q1, Q2, but then what's the spurt? I'm like, listen, last year it was different, dude. They're like, Oh, I'm watching the uh, drive to it survive right now. Year. And I'm like, I, what year? Like, I don't even know what to tell you right now. Where, well, where was Danny? Rick driving? That, that's usually my. There <laughs> where was Danny Rick? What color was his car?
0: <laughs> um, Another discussion for another day. Um boys, I enjoyed this short little mini episode. Um, we should do more of that. I I think it was good. I like it. Let's just really dig into some of the topics off race weeks. Um, this has been Park Fermi, the Canadian Formula One podcast. Um, with the boys, Ed, Drew, Thomas, lots of fun. Make sure you subscribe, you comment, you join the Discord, check out for all the links in the show notes. Uh, we will talk to you next time as we are recapping. What's the race? Bahrain, right? Qatar. Qatar. Yes, Qatar, Qatar. Qatar. It's Qatar. Um, I've heard people say Qatar. Anyways, could be, could be, whatever. Out here we're in Canada, we about say Qatar. Qatar, Qatar. All right, gentlemen. Thanks so much. Okay. Yeah. Ciao. Ciao.